You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage Podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried out a free trial yet, go to builtforthestage.com. We'll be on our way to seven days of working together on an online fitness app where we'll marry your pursuit of a career in theater with a pursuit or a journey for a life in fitness. Uh, say hi. Go to Instagram, at Built for the Stage. DM me. Would love to chat. Um, yeah, if you DM me, let's say DM me your favorite ice cream, and it will enter you in for a chance to win some free swag. My favorite ice cream is probably like some Ben and Jerry's crazy peanut butter marshmallow concoction. They have all those cute names, so I don't even know what it's called. But if you have a favorite ice cream, DM me at Bill for the Stage, and it'll enter you to win some free swag. Special thanks to Broadway Podcast Network. Check them out at bpn.fm. All right. Special guest today. Woo. We've been through it with some tech issues. Welcome to 2022, the world of Zoom, even though we're not on Zoom, but it's kind of a unanimous type of uh, phrase or brand that you can just kind of like Kleenex, you know? Instead of a, a tissue, it's just, can you pass me a Kleenex? Zoom. Anyways, our guest is based out of Chicago, but they're currently in Pennsylvania. Good old Pennsylvania. And they are performing at the Fulton Theater. I've actually been there once a long time ago. I'm an old man, but uh, beautiful theater. They're currently in the production of For Color Boys. That is a world regional premiere. So it's always exciting to have some new works floating around as opposed to, you know, another good old movie musical. So I love, I love to chat about new works. Um, they just opened on September 8th and they're going to be running through the 25th of September. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Namdi Wanko. Hey, Namdi. Hey. Appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for battling through the tech issues with me. Uh, you know, that's how it, that's how it goes these days. It's, all, all kind of tech forward yeah. in this sort of new normal. Well, let's loosen it up a bit. Let's have a let's do a hot seat. Let's do a hot seat. So some of the questions will be like, you know, your uh, your opinion or your uh, liking. Some of it will just be like factual. So here we go. Hot seat, quickly as you can. Where are you originally from? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. When was the first time you performed on a stage? Probably the third grade. I was Christmas tree number four. Oh, we're going to get into get into that for sure. Have you ever had any pets? Uh, yes, I uh, had a little uh, I had a what like a Dalmatian mix when I was whenever I was a young kid. Then I currently have a lab German Shepherd mix now. Okay, name what what's his name? His name's Django. Django. All right, cool. Um, what's your favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream is probably Ben and Jerry's The Tonight Dough. Okay, so you know the name. You know the name. All right, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, what was or is your favorite musical or play or theatrical production that's currently running or used to run? Any anyone you want. Anyone you want. 
Uh, let's see. Sort of, sort of my all-time favorite is is, uh, is Lion King. Uh, my current favorite is uh, is Hamilton. And um, yes. <laughs> okay. Where did you do any of like your your training for acting or singing or anything like that? Uh, for uh, undergrad, I went to a little school in East Texas uh, called Stephen F. Austin State University. Uh, go Jacks. Um, or we say Axum Jacks because we're the Lumberjacks. Um, okay. And then for grad school, I went to uh, University of Colorado Boulder, Scobuffs. There we go. Boulder, Colorado. What a beautiful place. I've been there twice. Yeah. Love the mountains. <laughs> yeah, love it. Mountains <laughs> are nice. Yeah. So now you're in Pennsylvania. You reside in Chicago. We're talking a little bit about the architecture. What's your favorite thing? You just moved in June, you said. What was the favorite thing so far you've experienced in Chicago? I really just like walking around uh, downtown. Um, I really, really want to go on an architecture tour. Just haven't had the time yet. Um, but maybe when I'm back in October, my wife and I will finally do that. Um, but yeah, just kind of walking around downtown and just taking in the city. It's still like I've been there a handful of times, but it's one thing to visit a city, but then live there and then try to just take in all the new things and find, find your favorite coffee spot, find your favorite brewery or bar. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Mm, the name is blanking London house rooftop. Have you been yet? I've not. It's on, it's on my list of things to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hit up a bunch of rooftops. I'll, I'll have to give you a list uh, from where I went. They're, they all were amazing. All right. Back to our hot seat. Um, you can choose uh, two options, either your favorite song that's always on your playlist constantly or the last song that you listen to. Uh, favorite song that's always on my playlist is uh, Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. Okay, we'll have to put that in the description of this episode so we can all check it out. Last question for you. If you were to do anything else besides being a performer, uh, what would you What would you do? Not that, it's like, not that it's like a plan B or anything. Just like a fun little game. A little fun little Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably sports medicine. Okay. All right, let's, let's have that be our segue. How come? Tell us more about that. Uh, well, I'd been, I've been um, an athlete for most of my life. I grew up playing soccer and football, um, and I actually started uh, my undergraduate career in pre-med um, <laughs> because that's just when you're, when you're Nigerian, that's just kind of what you do. You're either a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, and, and I opted for medicine uh, at first, wanted to be a neurologist. Um, but really kind of just fell in love with theater later on in high school and tried to try to fool myself into thinking like, okay, yeah, no, we'll go down the doctor route. That'll be fine. But just really, really missed the theater. So I ended up um, making a good career of that. But if there, if I have downtime, like in a summer or in a fall or something, and someone's running a city league for softball or for soccer or something like that, I'm always in it. So I'm still very much, in sports when I can be. And that to, if I, if I weren't, if I weren't doing theater, then sports medicine would be sort of like a perfect marrying of sports. And then uh, the medical career that I did not have. Got it. Was that a little bit more of a serious question? Was that tough to talk to your family about that? Like, Hey, I don't want to do this doctor thing anymore. So, uh, 
No, actually, I thought it would be. It was a very easy conversation um, because, I mean, uh, theater means a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, and I mean, for me growing up, I was very like, I don't, I don't know that outgoing is the right word. I was, I, I, I've always been likable, but so I, I knew a lot of, and you know, like in school, there's like cliques, there's the jocks, there's the, there's the, you know, the, the book nerds, there's all of that. I kind of was like, could be put into every little group, yeah. but never felt a true sense of belonging in those groups until I started doing theater. Um, and just kind of like my, my, my dad came and finally saw me do a, do a production towards the end of high school. And he was like, huh, he's lighting up in a way I haven't seen in a long time. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit back and, and wait and see what happens with all of this. So when I called him a year in to college to say, Hey, I don't think I want to do medicine anymore. I think I want to switch to theater. I literally remember pulling the phone away from my ear, ready for him to just lay into me. But I just hear him go, okay. <laughs> and I go, hold on. Okay. I just, one more time. This isn't a, a trick or a trap or anything. You're, you're cool with this. So it was actually a really straightforward uh, and really great conversation. My dad's always been super supportive of the things that I do um, because I don't know uh, when I'm a very indecisive person by nature. So when I decide I want to do something, it's like, oh, he must really want to do this because he actually made the decision to do so. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I could relate uh, to so many other things. I played three sports and did theater and choir. And I kind of was a, like a, a bridge per se between those groups that you talked about in high school, you know, like um, I would have the football players eventually audition for the school play and they'd be in, the, or they'd be in the front row watching it. And yeah, yeah. But I can't relate to telling my parents that I don't want to be a doctor anymore. What a, what a huge transition, but amazing to you for like, just, following your passion because a lot of people, you know, they don't, they just kind of go along with life and the boxes that they're supposed to fit in and um, yeah, live a life that's not as fulfilling as it, as it could be. Um, all right. So you're in Texas for your undergrad. Yeah. And you're, you're studying now to do theater and then you end up going to uh, Boulder. What did you study again in grad school? In grad school, I studied vocal performance. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, nice, nice. So what do you, do you prefer singing within like uh, the nature of a musical or would you rather just be doing a concert of some sort? What do you prefer? I, 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 I don't know that I have a real preference actually. I really just kind of like, I gravitate to, to art that like sort of speaks to me. Uh, I know that sounds like really frou-frou, but like, I'm just like, if it's something that, that speaks to me and it's like, wow, I love this. Do people know about this? If not, then I want to share it with them. And if they do, I want to share it with them again, maybe with a new perspective. Um, and so, I mean, I guess if I had to say, I've, uh, I've recently enjoyed doing more, uh, musical theater than I have, uh, opera or concerts, um, of the last couple of years. Yeah. And vocal type, tenor, baritone, bass. Baritone. Yeah, you got that rich, you got that richness of that voice. Yeah. Rich. 
What's your favorite song to sing? Oh man, there are so many. As of late, as of late, it's just been it's been um, <laughs> any audition I've gone into, um, and they're like, you know, just sing sixteen bars of, or uh, or thirty two bars of something. I'm like, all right, then you're gonna get uh, make them hear you for Magtime because I just I can just rip that one out no matter how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. So through um, this process of finding the show and being cast in the show colored boys was that in person was it a submission how did you end up being a part of the show so um the story is actually kind of crazy um i um brian keith wilson our director and uh, choreographer um and the writer of four colored boys um he actually found me on tiktok <laughs> i mean no yeah yeah, no, it's like, it's, it's, it was just, just, you know, crazy. All the things that like TikTok has been for so many people in the last like two years, it's, it's risen to power, if you will. <laughs> um, and like, I, I had, so I'd gone and, uh, and seen uh, Choir Boy at the Steppenwolf Theater. And I had made a TikTok about it, just, you know, about, about the Steppenwolf's production and like how everyone should go see it. And um, Brian came across that TikTok and was like, oh, okay, well, let's see what he's talking about. And then I like, kind of checked out the rest the rest of my socials and whatnot and said, oh, okay, he's an actor too. And I I I post I post a lot about you know about doing new works. Um, I really I'm really gravitating towards new works right now. So he uh, reached out to me. Um, I keep, I try to keep my email and whatnot uh, in my socials. And he reached out to me and, you know, we chatted and then he asked me to audition and then the rest is history. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Uh, crazy. Cool. Very cool story. Yeah. Uh, so now that you ended up uh, at the Fulton and you're doing this project, uh, tell us a little bit about the show. I mean, I have uh, the uh, breakdown on it here, but I think that your words will be a lot more meaningful than just what's written on a page. Tell us a little bit about it and also just like what it's meant to you to be a part of it because it definitely has a, a message of extreme substance and an important one. Yeah. Um, so for Colored Boys, On the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, Freedom Ain't Enough, basically explores um the full compendium of the black male experience um and even to say the full compendium is not is not even super accurate because there's so many different experiences that it's that it's hard to fit into just one uh one you know uh 90 minute to uh, to two hour long show um and uh, but but Brian's done such a beautiful job in doing that, and that so many experiences have been captured, um, and just you know what it means for me, it's kind of ridiculous. So I I, I play man in orange, and each of the colors mean a are uh, are different colors within like the 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 pan African colors, and you know so some themes in for man of orange are being adventurous, being a risk taker, being a leader and whatnot. And there are a lot of ways that resonate with that. Um, uh, 
Man in Orange is also definitely a character who lives with anxiety. And I resonate with that as someone who lives with anxiety. And just um, there's a there's a piece towards the end called Mental Health Day where it's it's basically Man in Orange just seeing everything that happened with the events that that passed that that happened on January 6th and kind of just saying, I need to take a mental health day because, you know, it can feel kind of ridiculous with everything going on in the world sometimes to like, okay, well, you know, kind of get up and go to my job and, you know, do this report and, uh, and turn it in and try to act like this day is normal when it feels like everything is burning around me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it really, really kind of dives into that, that like, yes, technically we as black folk are free, but there are tons of systemic issues that really don't make it feel like that yeah. many a time. Uh, between the five of you, do you interact on the stage or are they just solo stories? Um, tell us a little bit about how the five characters intertwine if they do throughout the story. Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of interaction. Uh, we kind of go through time, um, dating starting as far back as the as the as the slave trade, as the uh, as the passage, um, and then and then the slave trade, and then going to emancipation, and then going through Jim Crow era, then then the civil rights era, uh, all the way up until today. We're kind of going through time, and we play these different iterations of pretty much the same person um, through throughout history and just watching how, you know, yes, we've come a long way, but we still have an incredible amount of work to do. Um, but yeah, the, the characters interact in, uh, in many, in many ways. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in which we interact is sort of, it's the 1960s and, you know, we're going to, we're going out to this place called uh, called Menifee's Cafe down in down in uh, in, uh, in Galveston, I believe, and we all get together and we we dance and we have a good time. We're trying to you know trying to get us some ladies and everything. So like, and, and I, I've really appreciated uh, working with all these talented men. It's like it was a very a very quick brotherhood forged. Nice. Okay, so that was going to answer my other question, where I was going to say, oh, so you probably play a lot of different characters but from what you said it sounds like you remain the same but you're kind of immersed into a different uh, place and time yeah yeah pretty much like we're we still kind of we're we're always slightly different according to whatever time it is but for the most part our our core attributes still kind of shine in each of these periods, which kind of speaks to, uh, and 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 Brian can can explain this so much more, so much better than I can. But it kind of explores uh, concepts in post traumatic slave disorder, and how that has that's that ripples through time. That if, that you know also because the when you think when you when when you think about it, like not even when you think about it, when you just look at the time. The, from the civil rights era to now, it's only been about 50 years. You know, there's still, there's still people alive today that, you know, were in that time. So like, it's, 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 
it's also to just show that like, you know, it's been a long time, but it also hasn't been that much time. And there's still the vestiges of that trauma and pain even in us today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have much to say about it, but it's not my, I wouldn't say it's my place to say it, but just like the whole 50, 50 to 60 year thing that you just brought up is, it's, it's wildly overlooked wildly. Um, so I'll just, I'll just say that about, um, about that issue. Uh, in regards to the production, it's a different style of production than we would normally see. No, I, I've read that, that it's a, a choreo poem of a, of a piece. Can you go into that a little bit more for listeners that aren't as familiar with it? Yeah. So, um, uh, the concept of the choreo poem was, uh, originated with four colored girls, uh, with, uh, Intozaki Shange. Um, and the choreo poem just, there's, it intertwines all these concepts of spoken word, of, um, of, of acting, of singing, of dancing. Uh, all of these are just intertwined and married together. And like the only way I could say it is that the, 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 the show the show dances it it like not only do we dance but just as you move through it the whole show just just dances there's it's it's kind of the root of it it's uh, I might be assuming wrong sounds like do you ever break the fourth wall as well in the show oh absolutely yeah yeah sounds we're we're I feel like we're we're current we uh, are have it staged in the round so I, I feel that like it's you kind of have to, <laughs> especially with, with the audience being right there for us. And we, we very much um, look at, we've said many times in rehearsal that the audience is our, is our sixth cast member. Mm. How's that from show to show? You know, I've been in a couple where breaking the fourth wall is a part of it. And I know that there's a, uh, there's an art to it in itself where you truly have to give what the audience is is giving you is there certain nights where it's different than others or is it pretty much how's that experience well i mean just the 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 nature with the nature of this uh of this production we're confronting a lot a lot of you know uh of america's gruesome past and and present quite frankly um and it's a lot to sit with and like there's still one of the things, things I love about it is, is it's not just like pure, thro- pure pure trauma thrown at you for, you know, two hours. There's still a lot of moments of like just black joy that we get to uh, exhibit, which I feel is not often seen on the stage or in, te- or in television. Um, but I, I think we I think we do it well and that the whole point of all of this is to start a conversation um, if why, 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 why do you feel uncomfortable? Why do you feel called out? Let's maybe, let's don't, don't shy away from that. Let's maybe, let's maybe lean into that a little bit more and figure out what are the things within you that are making you feel uncomfortable, that are making you feel called out because that's, that's where it all starts. That's how we can then begin to have a conversation yeah. and, and, and heal the wounds. How has attendance been as far as, uh, culturally, race-wise, has it been a a, a vast audience? Uh, you know, because it's important for people not of color to obviously be in the seats. You know, mm-hmm. 
Um, well, it's, I mean, Lancaster is a, uh, it's a predominantly white town. So, uh, by nature, our audiences have been predominantly white. Um, but I feel that, and exactly it's the, the, this, this show is for everyone. Um, there's, there's a lot that, you know, I think, I think there's a lot that anyone can take away from this, um, and you know, and like I said, it's it's all meant to just begin a conversation. Yeah, for younger uh, people of color that might be listening, uh, you had mentioned previously that Lion King was one of your your favorite shows. Um, I've had uh, a few of my previous clients or people on the podcast um, of color say the same thing because you are. It, you know, you're represented up there, obviously. So it's impactful, uh, especially if you saw it at a younger age. What does this show, Colored Boys, bring that directly speaks to the younger generation of color and how they have a place in uh, not just theater, but in society, you know, in general? Um, you know, let's rewind to saying, hey, Namdi, you saw this show as a, I don't know. 13 year old kid, you know, what, what does the show bring to those, to the younger ones that are in attendance? Yeah. Um, I think that like for, for younger people of color coming to the, or uh, yeah, younger, younger people of color coming to the show, they can take away that, you know, at least my takeaway from it has been that you are loved, you know, even though there is, there are a lot of, uh, people in society who would like to say otherwise, you are loved. There's a piece at the uh, towards the end where it talks about that very thing that, like you know, uh, that you know, you, we've we've got to we've got to first love ourselves. You know, uh, that's kind of like the 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 heart of it all, and then love ourselves, and then then we can begin to love each other um, because at the end of the day. Love is the, the the power that wins. I mean, we we get, we get to see that in so many other iterations uh, in theater and film and television and whatnot. That like love is such a powerful thing, and if we just keep spreading that, then we can have a much more beautiful world than we than we currently do. So, I mean, I, for for me, I've I've gotten a lot of inner child healing <laughs> through this. Um, there are a lot of parts of I, you know, I grew up in in a in a Texas uh, in Texas in Texas. I grew up in a, in a predominantly white neighborhood, uh, yeah. some a lot of predominantly white spaces. So there's a lot about myself, about my blackness, that I was taught to be ashamed of or or hate even, um, and through I, I mean, and I've done I I've done a lot of uh, inner child healing previous to this, but I'm just reminded like, yeah, yeah. All those, all those parts of myself I used to be ashamed of. Um, I, I, I love, I love even more today. Awesome. Let's, uh, we'll do one more, uh, serious topic because I'm, I suffer from it as well. Uh, and, and many do, you had brought up someone that goes through, that you're someone that goes through anxiety. How do you 
um, live with that in that dance. Obviously, we can't fight against it. It's happening. It's real. Um, what are, yeah, how do you address that on a day-to-day basis um, coming from someone who goes through that experience? And I'm sure there's listeners as well uh, that, that also have these, uh, yeah, areas in our life to dance with. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, ultimately, like, I mean, for one, I, I have my, my, uh, my dog that I mentioned earlier, he's my ESA and I, I take him everywhere I can. Um, and just, it's really being, for me, it's being half the battle is like knowing and uh, just going, having gone through counseling and therapy, how do I interact with the world with this? I know that like I'm I'm more introverted a person by nature. So, and it's, which is, you know, so then diving into a career like, like theater, which is just very extroverted by nature, is yeah. kind of just like, you know, this, this crazy thing to do, but just kind of like knowing myself and like, okay, when do I need to step away? How much energy do I have today? Can I, am I able to show up in a real way for, for myself, for others, for this production? Um, do I need to kind of take a step back and recharge? Um, and, uh, and yeah, just really, really knowing what I need to verbalize Hey, I need space right now. I'm an I know I'm an internal processor, um, so I need I, I need a second to like step away and this just kind of process this for myself and <laughs> go back yeah. cuddle with my dog. Um, kind of focus on another task um, just to get my brain away from it for for a minute. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I I I walk through right now yeah nice all right thanks for sharing let's rewind to the very beginning of you saying your first theatrical experience was in third grade as i think you said a, a like tree number three or what did you say yeah it was uh i was like tree number tree number four it was like um it was elementary school we were putting on a christmas show i had to wear like these this this like green jumpsuit uh and then like wore like a like a, a wood cutout of a Christmas tree. And I had one line, but I milked that line because I got handed the mic. I don't even remember what the line was anymore, but I say the line and I just kind of like look out at the audience after saying it like, yeah, I did that. And yeah. then the next kid, tree number five is like, <clears throat> I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to pass this mic on. So uh-huh. Yeah. Thus, thus was the, uh, the 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 beginning of uh, the the, yeah. the embers of my of my performance career. That day was the day a star was born. Huh? <laughs> uh, how about fitness? You're obviously you have an active background. Um, you like to work out or, or do any like classes or go to a gym or what do you like to do for moving around a bit? I I do. I love the gym. Um, the gym is kind of like a second home. Um, I currently I like lifting, um, just because I I don't know I spent a lot of a lot of my life growing up at being kind of scrawny, and I was like I I don't want to do that anymore. A um, few years back, so I started I started lifting, and I've been really enjoying that. It's kind of like 
that's in fact that's actually another way that I deal with uh, I deal with my anxiety. I just by by going and working out, it's kind of like it's something I can focus on. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm I have goals that I can work towards. I'm like, okay, I know that I'm in. I'm at um, you know, <laughs> little, little humble brag here, but like I'm at three fifteen in my squats right now. What do I what do I need to do to get that extra plate on there? Or do we do we want to go for the four oh five? And then just like you know, um, taking the necessary steps there. Um, but also in a way, it kind of gives me an excuse to eat. I'm like, okay, I know I'm bulking right now, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm still I'm still trying to be good and eat uh, eat clean for the most part. But like, I'm like. This is this is 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 an excuse yeah, yeah. to eat because that's another one of my favorite hobbies is just eating. So, same here. What's what's uh, one of your favorite foods? What do you like? Um, you like? Healthy, unhealthy doesn't matter. What's like your go? What's a for me? I'll I'll break the ice. If someone asked me this question, I'd say donuts all day, every day. Love me a donut. Mm. Um, for me, I mean, I mean, like Nigerian foods a given. I will eat that any day. Every all right, day, wait. All day. Educate us. Tell us like a couple of like the stapled Nigerian dishes. Okay, so a couple sta- <laughs> a couple staples. You've got jollof rice, which is just sort of uh, it's a it's a West African style of rice. Um, don't even get me into the argument as to whose rice is better. It's I'm I'm going to say it's Nigerians hands down. So for any Ghanaians listening or any Senegalese folk, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Our rice uh. is the best. Um, but it's basically a, uh, rice that's like sort of like tomato based. You, um, you, you make this puree, all right. This tomato based puree, uh, with tomatoes, bell pepper, onions, um, a little bit of garlic, uh, some scotch bonnet peppers. Uh, you make this puree and then you cook the rice in that and just soaks it all up. And oh my God, it's so delicious. Um, and then you've got, uh, you've got, uh, one of my favorites is uh egusi soup uh and i was like there you kind of got this like egusi is like a is like a kind of a is a melon and you mill that into flour um that you could then add to this soup and you eat that with this you can eat it either with this uh uh i, I believe it's i believe it's uh, uh pounded yam uh also called a fufu and you could like take that dip it in the soup everything i could we could have a whole other podcast about that really um but like yeah those are two staples all right all right very good all right well hey i appreciate your time namdi thanks for that patience in the beginning on our our little tech issues um everyone that's listening if you want to get to know namdi more just head on down to the caption of this episode you'll find his instagram handle you'll find more info on uh shows he's done in the past and if you're in the area, in the Pennsylvania, Lancaster area, go check out the show. It's running uh, until September the 25th, Colored Boys. Um, check them out on the gram as well. And just sh- uh, support the show in any way that you can. Nandi, thanks a lot. Appreciate you. Thank you. It's been This has been really fun. Yeah. All right, everyone. Joe Roscoe here with Built for the Stage. Don't forget, if you want to DM me your favorite ice cream, it'll enter you uh, for a chance to win some free swag. And yeah, it'll make me all the more hungry than I already am. So until next time, actors or athletes, train like one. Have you-
ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 